Welcome to the Invincible Innovation Show, the podcast for changemakers. Each week, I talk to the most fascinating entrepreneurs and innovation leaders about innovation, strategy, and design. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a talk about the human connection during COVID as leaders are looking for new leadership tactics and alternative methods for connecting with, with and motivating their team. Welcome to Invincible Innovation Live Show. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm Adima Zokario, Innovation and Wiley Creation Expert, and I have a very, very special guest today, Genevieve. How are you? I'm fine. Good morning, Adi. So happy to see you. Genevieve Pitoron is my guest. She's an author, speaker, and purpose consultant, and we have, we're going to have such an, an important and, like, I'm so excited to think about these like topics because I think it's so like in the head of everyone uh, that are around me more or less. So it's so important. We're live on LinkedIn, YouTube and Facebook and you're so invited to join the discussion and ask questions. And now we can start. So how can leaders restore the human connection to their teams and their lives actually after so many years, like two years working remote and Everybody's in their own business and in their own offices. It's so true. It's been such a crazy two years. We've been so scattered, right? We haven't been connected. We've been disconnected. And it's, um, it's lonely. And it's, it's been proven difficult now to figure out how to come back together um, at work, right? Do we go sure. in? Do we not go in? Um, some people are a little more afraid. Some people are ready to go. But I think everyone agrees that we do want to find some kind of a space where we all are comfortable because we know we sure. want to move forward and we want to move forward together. And I think, I think in the human connection, the piece that's the most important right now is, is listening, but not just hearing, listening with emotion for leaders, for friends, for family, because we've all been through a different experience in the last two years. Um, some people have lost family and friends and people have lost jobs, financial security, so many things have happened. And there, of course, have been joys, have been births, and there have been celebrations and there have been you know, weddings and unions and things. So I think all of, all of those things I said and more are emotionally packed. And I think that it makes a difference when you're asking someone for information, how are you, what are you doing, what would you like to see moving forward, that you listen, but you feel, try to feel what that person is saying. It, it makes the difference in, in a connection. Yeah, but do, don't you find it harder to do it when you're remote? Like, I'm just watching you and I cannot see your eyes that clearly right now, just seeing in the eyes, it's so important for empathy and for understanding. So it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's difficult, it's awkward. You know, it's, it's interesting to, to know that the last two years, when we have been in person, we've been wearing masks. But what has not been masked are our eyes. So we were forced, because we can't read lips, we were forced to look at each other in the eyes. And I, I can't help but think that that was, uh, you know, something that really changed things between people. Because when you look in someone's eyes, that's where the human connection begins, begins right from the eye to the soul and you have to pay attention you can't not look can't read lips that's what you're communicating with and that's how we've been living for two years if we've been wearing masks so it is difficult now 
and it has been difficult remotely. So I'm hoping that we are coming together and when we do in person, we continue to, to look in each other's eyes. Yeah, and it's, it's more than just looking. You need to really you know, look deeply in order to really emphasize See. and to, to communicate. And sometimes everybody is so task-related when we're talking about corporations, companies, they have tasks in front of them. So this is what needs to be done. And we're not thinking about who is this person doing what we're supposed to do as a company. And it demands yes. from us to see something different, right? Yes, we're in a rush. And I think that we slowed down so much during COVID that maybe that's why we want to rush and catch up. But it's, it's I don't think it's the best way to get on a good place with each other. I think we need to take, take the time to continue have that conversation to, to get back together, even though it's awkward. You know, I, I feel it too. It, it's awkward, especially because not everybody's on the same page, right? We have to be respectful of each other, but, but I think we have to take a breath, look, see each other, ask questions, ask about your story. How are you doing? And really listen with that emotion. And, and then instead of, instead of hearing them and preparing what you want to say next, just listen and then respond you know like it seems like this is a new requirement or demand <laughs> from leaders yeah. and managers they're not used to doing so so it means that because we're so apart we need to be more connected in a sense and i'm not sure that everybody knows how to do it right we, we don't we're all learning again we're all learning a new way but we see with a lot of the divide in the going back to work scenario, that it's it's really the, the only way we can be on the same page. So we need to, and leaders are learning how to lead in a new way, right? More heartfelt, more compassionate, more patient. They're a leader, not a boss. You know, you can't really come back and say, do it this way, there's only one way, my way, because it's not working. We see evidence already, it's not working. So what do you think has changed for the employees in that sense? that they're not willing to work. It's not only working remote and having your own time and not doing commuting. It's not only that. What's really changed in their minds that they need a certain way of leadership? Well, I think in the last two years, the number one feeling we've all come away with is what's meaningful in my life? What was my life like? Would I return to it? Was it, was it purposeful? Did I really enjoy it? Did I really feel full of, of, of joy, doing what I was doing. That's a lot of time every day to spend at work. And I think we accepted it before the pandemic, just because that's the way it was. But because we were forced into isolation and we were forced to just be alone and had that fear of, am I going to lose that? I think we came to grips with, if I lost that, is it a big loss? Besides the financial loss, which of course has to be considered, I think we've all been put into that position of what would I really want the rest of my life to look like? And I think that's where people are coming from when we're figuring out how to go back to work. Yeah, how to be uh, efficient as I was, but still feeling, feeling purposeful in, in what I'm doing. That's exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, like when you question yourself, you have new new answers in new questions. And I guess that both managers and, and employees and leaders of companies have the same 
questions again and again. And um, it's it's like when we're talking about going back, we're all talking about the technical technical part of remote working, hybrid, same desks, different desks. Like these are like the the technical parts of, of working together. But actually, communicating and understanding each other is so much more important, right? Yes. Than what we what we were usually talking about, like remote working, re remote project management, like what are how could we do that better? Right, right, and it has to be a shared conversation. You know, I don't think any leader is going to be successful if he or she is forcing something on on everyone without taking into consideration a conversation. I'm not saying the leader can't make decisions based upon what's the best, but it's not just their goal anymore. Yes, they're responsible for the bottom line. And I think leaders returning have that first and foremost in their mind. But I am responsible for this company's success. I'm responsible for the bottom line. And I, I don't see how we're going to do it any other way than how we did it before. I understand that. I think some leaders are, are, are feeling that. While the other side, you have employees saying, I can choose a different thing now. I can, I can voice my opinion. I think we are, we are the majority, the workers, and we want to have a say in this. So I think, I think the coming together is tricky, but definitely will, will lend itself to people being invested in the company, wanting to be there, understanding the, the, purpose of the company, understanding the leader's role and their role, feeling like they're making a difference. That's what people want to do. They want to feel like they're making a difference. Yeah. And they want to know that they're working in the right company. So the goals exactly. of the company and their own like goals and, and aspirations and what they want to do in the world need to match. And if not, it cannot live together anymore. Goals and values. Yeah. Yes. We have a lot on the table now. We've been talking a lot in the last two years and even beyond and moving forward. There are a lot of topics that need to be uh, spoken and talked about. And it's important. It's important to everyone that we do that. And it's important that your employees are, are, are on the same team as you are, that the company is. Yeah. I think that sometimes there is like a superficial talk, like, a, you know, like employer branding or the way that employer is perceived. And it's only for, you know, for the PR, but actually right. the people inside working days or months or years in this company, they want to know that this company is doing good things in the world. And right, walking relate, the talk. Yeah, and, and they relate to the essence of the values of what they present. And if not, it's, it's so hard. You see it in lots of tech companies, you know, um, and, and it, I think it's not only there, but it's so obvious there that they're asking, like, is this the right path that I want to take with this company in this way, right? Right. We've had two years to assess everything in our lives, personally and professionally. Leaders, too. Leaders can make a, make a change. There's, there's, they've been thinking the same thing, you know, that is this, is this how I want this company to move? Maybe they want to change the direction. Maybe they feel more strongly about something. Maybe they want to change companies, too. We've all been assessing every part of our lives in the last two years. Yeah, I know that many people changed jobs and they went to another direction and changed uh, the, way, the way they live and where they live. 
And, and I know that, I think that I heard that this is the biggest migration movement since the, the stage of like the hunt for the gold in, in the US, this is what I heard. So it, it makes sense that everything would change because in the past we went to the office each day more or less, yeah? And that's it. Like we met in the office, we saw each other. And for me, I could tell you that usually I went to my clients and came back. So this is where I work most of my days. But right now it's like 99% here. Mm -hmm. And when I, especially when I'm starting something new, and I think it's the same thing for new employees, the experience is so important just to understand who is against who, what is like the, what, how it goes here, what's mm -hmm. going on in this company. And it's so hard to do it remotely. Just to understand yes. who calls the shots, what are the, the politics in the company, right? So yes. just to understand that. It's very important to spend time together physically. It, it really is. And I don't think that we'll get away from that 100%. I think, I think everyone wants some time together because this collaboration, like you said, it's so different in person. You get to know people, you bond with people. We want to be with people that we like and that we want to bond with. I think this remote works in some cases, but I think the most successful people are those who embrace the human connection and you know, and move forward, you know, making that, those connections and those bonds strong. So how do leaders lead with this meaning and purpose? How do they do that? It starts, well, I have a whole program for leaders and employees. I go into businesses with a purpose ACER program, and it starts with the conversations. So first, it's important to understand what each group wants. What does the leader want? Not only in business, but in life, what's, what are their values? What do they enjoy doing? Are they, are they fishing? Are they swimming? What are they doing outside of work? What is their goal in the office? How do they see moving forward? What's the picture of how the company looks moving forward? What has changed for you, both in your personal life and professionally these two years? So many things to find out about the leaders. The same questions about the middle managers for them. It's been two years since everything's been so different. What do you want to return to? And what do you see can change for the better? How invested are you and why? And the same thing for the teams, all the teams. They're, they're so different because they're not responsible individually for the bottom line. So what is it about a place to go to work that you want? What do you like about this? What did you not like about this? What's your investment level? And what are some ideas you have? So hearing from them individually with no pressure and then slowly bringing groups together to talk about it and find an organic number of initiatives to tweak or change is a process that can take you know, a few months, but it will solidify the group and it'll bring them together for a common goal there's nothing more powerful than rallying for each other. Not just when the boss is around, not just when the leader is there, but each other, just to be there to support each other and to understand how you've changed in the last two years and what's changed. And, and hopefully all ends up with those who really want to be there are there. And there's a yeah. plan for their growth, personal development, training, there's an understanding of what's expected 
of the company and the statement, like you said earlier, of the values and the purpose that is that is um, seen by the community, that there's a contribution that is that has that there's evidence of for people to say, I trust you. Because that's what they, they companies want. They want to be trusted. Yeah, I think that what you're saying, this kind of a conversation or a discussion requires trust between the employees and their managers, between the managers and the C-level. And it's it's something that you need to build from, from day one when you come into the company, right? And, right. and I do, do I trust you as a company to understand me as a person? Maybe my goals and my what I'm going through is not exactly what is needed right now for my role, for my position, right? So it demands this flexibility between mm-hmm. people, and, and sometimes we don't have that flexibility. So right, and that's like, where respect comes in. Yeah, yes, trust and respect. Yes, understanding, really listening, really feeling heard. Mm-hmm. So how do you think COVID has changed meaning of together, being together? I think, I think we value personal connection more because I think we were so afraid of losing family, friends, co-workers that we wanted to see more. I think it was, it was hard to be alone for a lot of people. It was hard to let go of that routine of someone to lean on, someone to talk to, someone to care about. That's, that was such a big part of our nine to five and, and more every day. And that was literally ripped away and not just ripped away, but with that component of fear right of danger and really it, things were happening bad things were happening <clears throat> yeah. excuse me so we were losing people so it wasn't just uh, take a break it was a frightening um, you know part of the future we could not answer so it was very emotional at that time and I think a lot of us coped differently. And that's something also that we have to talk about and that teams and leaders have to talk about if it's been difficult and how, because that's something to take into consideration when you come back together. It seems that what was like only professional life and what is like personal life is merging more, not only in the sense that we're seeing like the house of everyone in the office because they sit here and sit here and sit here and we see all their like rooms in the house, It gets you into their like private domains it's not only that it's it's just understanding that we are we're as human beings we're not like only in a position or a role and uh, what we're doing in the companies is connected to our private life to our like uh, parents to our kids to what's going on like in our lives and it's always been so but right now we feel it even further right right it's it's It's, we've all shared to, to this extent a, a disaster, a horrible time. Uh, and I'm not saying good things didn't come out of that. Of course, people had joys and, and thank God for that. But we shared this negative time. And it bonds us in one way. But because people had different reactions and came through differently and went through things differently, That's the part that matters because it's not enough to say we've all been there. No, you haven't lost 
what I've lost. You haven't seen, you know, the success I've seen. You haven't been, you haven't lost your financial, you know, security. I have. So it's it's very different, even though we have all been through the same um, physical changes in the world. Yeah. No, but it, it, what you're saying is 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 connected to the way that we relate as people in our society, in our culture. You know, there are more close culture. Everything is like personal. Everything you're saying, like everybody knows it. And there are more like close cultures. You know, like when I work with the people from the U.S. related to the Israeli people, the Israelis don't have anything to hide, like anything. And and they couldn't hide because we're such a small company, a small a small country that. Someone from the company knows someone that is like from your who studied with you is like a relationship with you. So you cannot really hide even if you want to. <laughs> so it's so different when you go to the US. There are more um, it depends on where in the US, of course, the US is so great and so big. And how do you tune that? Because sometimes people say it's like this is my border, this is my personal life. I'm not really talking about my losses, about my uh, personal experiences with someone from work. In work, I have this facade of a professional person. Right, right. And and it can be difficult and it has to be done slowly. It has to be done thoughtfully. It has to be done sincerely and honestly. And you're right. Not everybody wants to talk about it. And that's some, that's a part of it. That's a part of yeah. the awkwardness. That's a part of the respect and the trust. But it seems that there are enough people who want to talk, both the leaders to say, come on, guys, you got to get back to work. And the employees who say, yeah, I, I want to work, but I'm, you know, I want to have some suggestions here. Are you going to listen to me? So I think that if we respect those who want to see how it goes and who want to be private, then we need to do that. And those that want to come together And figure it out together if they're both listening and seeing, listening with emotion, seeing all the way through the person, that they can come to some, some place that's comfortable. And then those who aren't ready to be vocal yet about what they've been done, what they've been through personally, they will find a comfortable place at the table to, in their own time, gradually feel like they can trust again. Because there have been a lot of yeah. people who've been through so much, so much. So how do you see that happening when you're going into a company and doing this like program with them? So at the beginning, I guess everybody's like a bit closed, not showing the cards. And how, how do you see this like in the ongoing? How long does this progress, progress takes? Or is well, it- every, every time I do it with a company, it's personal and it's tailored to the company. But the one thing that people want is a resolution. I don't think people want to stay in this, you know, um, midpoint forever because everybody, we all like routine. We all want to feel like we're really comfortable and moving forward. So I think despite the differences, people want to find a place to call home. And that includes an office type of work, home, whatever. They want to do that, right? They want to make money. They want to grow. And the companies want to grow. So I think that that desire, number one, to find comfortable and prosperous solutions is there, thankfully. So we start at the common ground. Everybody wants to move forward. And then the second is you see, okay, 
what's good here between all of us? What stays? What do we love? What stays? Third, what is your investment here? Is this just coming through? You're not sure yet, which is a fair reply. Not sure yet. Or I'm all in. And then where do we see over the last two years that's become evident that we need change? And if the first three, we get through those first three things, it solidifies, yes, we want to find an answer. Those of us who have stayed through those conversations want to now address, comfortable enough to address what can change. Because that's the part I think that gets sticky, right? I don't like this. I want this. You might not think I want this or want me to want this, but this is what I want. But yeah. when we get there, hopefully there's been enough communication, honest communication and suggestions that that can start to unfold again organically. I can't go in, you can't go in, no one can go in and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're not in that in that conversation as a, you know, we didn't buy into that conversation. We're just trying to bring them together to feel trust and respect, to come to some changes that would only be for the betterment of everyone. Yeah, and these changes, do they relate to working from the office or from the home or is it like more changing the way that we understand the company changing the way that we're doing this service or product changing the way that we're just processes in the company or it's anything and everything anything and everything there has to be first an agreement on some kind of a setup right what does office look like yeah what does working at this company look like and then Okay, you say you care about this, this, and this. Where's the communication? Where's our evidence? Let's work on that. Is that really what we want to contribute? Is that what the company stands for? What other values are important to the company? Because this is what's important to us. And I want to feel that alignment between me working here and the company and its public you know, appearance. So where is that communicated? And what do you believe in? And how do you give back? And how are you part of the community? Where's evidence of that? Let's, let's really do something, not just say this. So yeah. it's, it can be any change that anyone in the conversation suggests. It, it seems to me that there is like more power to the side of the employees that, than it was before. So when we started like two or three years ago, uh, we had a bit more power to the employees. Depends on, you know, there are less sectors that there are more employees needed, maybe they have more power there. There's a certain roles maybe that these people are very important for the company and therefore they have a say. And right now what you're saying is like, everybody has a say saying like, this is who I am, this is what I need right now. Maybe it's like changing your role within the company, maybe it's changing what I'm doing usually in a different way or the way that we operate as a group, as a company, it seems like it's more collaborative in, in what you're saying. That's Definitely more collaborative. And that doesn't mean that the leader doesn't make the final decision. You can't have everybody making the final decision. Sure. Right? That's just not practical. Nothing's going to get done. But sure. if, if there is communication and a common goal and the values and everybody is listened to, then... We understand we can't always get our way, but we have to know that 
we're, we're part of that road to get to the decision that we have been considered and that maybe the decision, instead of being exactly A, will be a little bit maybe B because we were taken into consideration. So maybe it's not going to be 100% what the leader wants, but it'll be 90, 80% because he or she listens to what everyone here wants and is incorporating some of that to sort of tweak the, the plan. Yeah. So it's a, it's a process, but if there's trust and respect, it's a big, it's very different than if it's just rolling over the people and saying, this is, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. Because nobody wants to say or quit. Yeah, of course. I no think leader wants to say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's related to the power within the market because we know like about the great resignation and COVID change people like changing, even like in, in works that usually people need the work, you know, like blue collar workers that usually go to work because they need to get the money and to, to get to, to bring bread to their family, right? Mm-hmm. And right now, even them, they have a question mark and even them have has the, the power over these great corporations who need these workers, right? Yes. So how do you think COVID will change this future of work with this like power dynamics between employer and employee? I think it's already changing. I think even the, even the most staunch boss will say has softened a little bit. I think it's brought much more human humanness to us individually and as a community and as a, as a universe, as a world. I don't think it, we, I don't think any of us came out the exact same as we went in. None of us. And I think reality is reality. I don't think there's going to be, there are going to be many people who have not changed their leadership style at all. I think everybody is changing it, even a tiny bit, even if they don't say it. I think their heart grew a little bit. I like to think their hearts grew a little bit, that they are more genuinely concerned about people as people, especially if they worked for them before. Maybe now they'll wonder, oh, I think... I think John has a couple of kids. You know, I wonder how they did. Maybe I'll ask him. Or, you know, I, I wonder if so-and-so feels they, they'd like to grow into another position here. I think that every leader has changed. And I think it will, it will become apparent what their change will do within the company. So I wonder, do you think it comes from the inside? Because I, as a leader, had this change in my heart because I had something change in my experience of the world and maybe some kind of a small crisis or a big crisis. And therefore, I relate to people differently because I felt more lonely or I felt more frightened. That's one, one way. Or mm-hmm. because people are resigning, because the market is changing and they truly need these workers and they need the employees, maybe that's the external reason for the change. Yeah, both. I think it's both. I think we've all, we're all coming to terms now that we're looking at work again and the possibility of returning the exact same way we, we went in. So I think we're all coming to terms with how we feel about that. And leaders too. I mean, leaders have kids. Leaders were with their children. They weren't at the office every single day. What happened to their relationships there? How did they participate? You know, do, do they love being with the kids? Can they not wait to get away again? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an option. 
with my, my kids and his, his friend going back and forth, I'm just thinking about it, like they're in the background. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm thinking about like, what was their experience, let's say about a leader who was saying like, I'm just dying to go back to what it was. That's that's an option. And now they're trying to be very strict because they don't want anything to change and they're getting more strict even. Or the other way around, they're saying, just a minute, now I see my kids differently and I see my family differently, I see my life differently. I get more, I want more balance or not. I want more work. I've had enough of them. I need more work just to balance that the other way around. So just understanding that is very important. And another thing is the, the, the difference between your uh, position, because if you're in the top uh, layer of the company, you experience it differently than somebody who really needs this uh, next salary and, and, and it's like a daily struggle for them, right? So it's, it's different. Right, right. And it's new. You know, it's brand new for every single one of us. None of us have been through exactly this before. And we will not know where it all ends up for a few years. We will not know. We will not know in six months. We will not know in one year. We may not know in two years. So so we, we there's no way of knowing. We just have to trust, come from a good place, trust and respect every step of the way, keep our eye on the ball because we have goals. Companies have goals. Individuals have goals. We have full lives, and now our full lives are in the picture. So we talked about employees trying to pursue their passion and their values. How can they, these employees bring their personal passion and purpose and support their organizational goals and aims, which is like sometimes it's not the same thing, right? How do you collaborate on that one? Right. So it's, it's different. Some people really like the job. So if they say, I really like this job and I really want to move further in this job, but I'd like it structured a little differently. I'd like to talk about what I need and see if I can bring some of that me to the table and find a way to be happy and invested and give you my leader, my boss, the best of me while I take care of the fact that I love animals and I would like to spend some time, you know, figuring out how to help in that area. Is there a program here? Is there a program in this company set up where we can choose our own, our own nonprofit or our own, our own give back in the community that's supported by the company? Can we incorporate that? A lot of companies have already done that, have given their employees the time, some time, and have matched anything raised for each person's individual passion. And that's great. So if it's not that they're at your company, maybe that's something that would change how you feel about where you work. So there might be a way to figure all that in. Maybe there's a group of of individuals who like to play softball at the company. Are you going to be able to take every Friday off and go play softball? Probably not. However, could you, does the company give back to any children in the community? Could there be some company-wide softball game with the children? Then that's how you give to the community. And you do that once a month 
for you know a few hours in the afternoon. There, there are so many ways I can't begin to tell you because I'm not every one of those employees. But let's hear. Maybe somebody is a great golfer. Maybe every Friday is a two-hour lunch, and maybe you want to teach golf for two hours. Go into the conference room. Anybody wants to learn to play golf? You know, Jenny's going to teach golf in the conference room on Friday, and then next Friday maybe somebody is going to, you know, teach teach how to play play an instrument. There's so many ways to suggest, and some work and some won't. But there's there's a good chance that it would be a fun process that brings people closer and makes them feel just better, gives the company more because they, they are given that freedom. Yeah, it seems like you need to see the person as a whole and not through the title on his card. And you need to see that people want to pursue something or to utilize some of their skills and talents and not only doing exactly what is needed. And sometimes as a company, you earn even more when they're engaged in that. Exactly. Okay, we're almost done. So I, I'm so eager to hear what's your number one tip for leaders these days? Well, it's something I learned. When I started, I jumped off the corporate ladder because I had a moment where I heard a voice in me say, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And I realized I was missing some of the very important things that I wanted in my life. One of those was children. So I went to visit shelters and I saw children sleeping in their clothes and I brought pajamas. And a little girl asked me what are pajamas. She was in the emergency shelter and that changed everything in my life. So I grew pajama program, which is now national 22 years old. Wow. I can't tell you how many people, takes a lot of people. That's my point here, watch. So. A lot of people, and I used to think too, look at the people who are doing these amazing things, the power of one. People used to say that to me, the power of one. You had one idea, you're one person. But Adi, I can tell you, and I tell leaders this, I share it with them, and they they know it, but I, I have to always say, it is not the power of one that changes things. No matter how great a leader you are, it is not the power of one that changes things. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And once we accept that and we embrace that, then we allow more voices at the table. And that's the key to success. I see. That's a, that's a great like story. And, and I saw like before we, we talked, I just, you know, I did some of the research on you and I saw that you've oh. been to Oprah, yeah. I, which is like, wow. And, and I know that um, most people, when they think about some kind of a peak in their life, it's like, yeah going to Oprah, right? It's one of like, surely if you're American. And I, I'm asking you, do you see it like something as extraordinary or just another way to push yourself forward, another motivation on the way and you're continuing afterwards? Um, it was definitely a high and it definitely changed things for the better. There really is the O effect that they talk about. It will always be a highlight in my life because I, I feel she... She really listens to people. She really listened to me. She really supported what I was doing. And for all the years I've watched her and seen and read, she supports people generally, all people and all voices. And so she she stays with me. That part of her stays with me um, because I feel, 
I feel that we need people to, to see us, to understand us, to give us a voice if they have a bigger platform. And I, I try to do that. I try to inspire people when I speak and I try to support any idea you have can come to fruition. If you desire it and you have that enthusiasm, then I want to support you. Yeah. You know, what you said about being seen is so important. And it goes back to the beginning of our talk when I said, I want to see your eyes. And I see just, yes. you know, and, and when you feel that you're being seen, it doesn't matter if a leader sees you or your mother sees you or your spouse sees you. You feel that you have this, like, energy in you. And it's something that really, this is the connection that we all aspire to have, right? This is like, yes. that's it. Human so, connection, you're right. Yeah. So I want to thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And, and where could people contact you and hear more about your work? Oh, thank you. It's my website is genevievepituro.com. And they can email me at gen, G-E-N, at genevievepituro.com or connect with me on my website. I'd love to hear any and everything that they want to talk about regarding purpose and the human connection. Yeah, thank you. And I, I, I visit your LinkedIn and your website and everything. It's wonderful. And I, I really encourage people to go and visit. So thank you, Genevieve. Thank you. And to all of you change makers out there, thank you for joining us. And if you want to learn more about what I do, go to InvincibleInnovation.com. And I'll see you next week with another innovative, insightful talk. See ya. I'm Adima Zaukario, and you've been listening to the Invincible Innovation Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, invincibleinnovation.com, where you can learn more about our programs and my book, Innovating Through Chaos. I'll be waiting for you next week in our next episode. Thank you for listening.